Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everybody, where we bring a saggy Papazon chair mindset to the Eames Lounge and Ottoman obsessed podium of Formula One racing if you know what both those chairs are you're probably in a higher tax bracket than i am or make terrible financial decisions my name is nolan sykes i'm joined by my two co-hosts my favorite auto journalists and authors of racing with rich energy by the book people let's go it's elizabeth blackstock and alanis king hello everyone hi hello Today, we're talking about the final race of the season, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But first, how's it going? Busy. Busy. What do you got on your schedule, Nolan? Okay, so with Donut, we have to get all of our materials to the editors by December 15th. So we can like have things cut and ready to go before Christmas break and everything. So we were shooting like four videos this week. I'm shooting every day. We're on set every day. Just it's just busy. It's busy for Nolan. Yeah, it's busy for Alanis too. Alanis is tired. Where's Alanis at right now? Alanis is in San Diego. Oh. Um, last week I was in Los Angeles and then Las Vegas and then Los Angeles again. And now I'm in San Diego. And then next week I actually go on vacation, but I accidentally booked multiple podcasts while on vacation because I forgot that I was going on vacation. So I have to take my microphone on vacation to do work podcasts on vacation. Mm. Are you going to Mexico? Uh huh. Nice. Uh-huh. I go to the same spot every single time, all inclusive resort, terrible nachos. As <laughs> a downer. And I drink lime daiquiris and chocolate martinis all week. And I'm so excited. That's amazing. I can't wait. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm great. I am going to Chile tomorrow and I am looking forward to my 12 hour travel excursion across, I don't know, the farthest south I've gone, which is insane to me. I'm so excited. What are you doing down in Chile? Uh, I am going to Extreme Ease Finale at a copper mine. So oh. I'm really looking forward to it. I went, we were, before we started the show, I was talking about eating whale blubber in Greenland and that I was in Greenland for extreme E. So I'm excited what kind of weird and wonderful <laughs> treats I'm going to eat this time. Awesome. 
I would be asking where the Chili's is, but that's just me. Um, are you getting frequent flyer miles for this? I, no, <laughs> I haven't. Com- I committed to Delta as my airline so that I could start racking up the frequent flyer miles and like rewards programs. And then I have not flown Delta since. I Elizabeth, <laughs> you know, you can sign you can sign up for all of them, right? Yeah, I know I can sign for all of them, but that's so much work. And I don't you know what? I just need to do it. I just need to get over it and be fine. I just hit American Airlines gold status, the bottom status, and they upgraded me on my 31 minute flight home (laughs) to first class. Wow. And the flight attendant. I got the most out of it. And the flight attendant came over and they were like, What do you want to drink? And I was like, You got free alcohol up here? And they were like, Yeah. And I was like, Give me some vodka. And she was like, All right. Just vodka? Yeah, well, no, I, you get the cran apple because it comes in a can gotcha. and the other juices don't come in a can. So you get the cran apple and you put the vodka in there. But the flight attendant put like too much vodka in there. So it just tasted like vodka. So I needed more cran apple. So, you know, but it was great. It it's was rough fantastic. out there in first class. It's rough out there. And my husband, my husband was in economy. He was back by the toilets and I was up there with my vodka. I was like, <laughs> hey, hon, come visit me. <laughs> Fly more, bitch. <laughs> anyway, sign up for that frequent flyer program before you go. I'm going to do it. <sighs> Let's talk about this Formula One race we just saw. And we have to start out with qualifying. Over here at Q1 this weekend at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, track limits once again came into play. Logan Sargent, Joe Guan Yu, and Nico Hulkenberg all had laps deleted. It was wild. Poor Logan Sargent couldn't get a legal lap, despite the fact that Williams were actually really fast this weekend and he would have had a great time. Guess what? He didn't. It is un-American to not give him a lap. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the rules should be different for Americans based on our freedom. Anyway, (laughs) unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start. Freedom? Yeah. Let's start saying that. Yeah. All of my freedoms that I've got. Just because. I don't think FIA rules should apply to us. Anyway. In a way, it's poetic. <laughs> yeah, we get the ugly American uh, exception, you know, that's... Uh, uh-huh. We get to be rude uh-huh. in other countries. Listen, yes. I will always say my thing is I think everyone is American. Um, it doesn't matter what they sound like. It doesn't matter any of it. I always think they're American. And f- the other day I was watching Jeremy Fragrance videos because I'm Jeremy Fragrance's biggest fan. Love that man. That man is not American. And I was thinking, this is an American. And that is not an American. That is the farthest thing from an American. But something in my brain says that's American. America is the default setting for humanity. (laughs) For me. (laughs) There's a big traffic jam leaving the pits and qualifying. It's been bad out there. Max came on the radio to grump about it, and I think the funniest thing of this entire weekend was the exasperated sigh that GP let out as a response to Max complaining about this. (laughs) He waited like a solid three seconds before he even responded. Uh, Which was incredible. You can tell we're all ready for the season to be over. Again, you have to like consciously send the radio message. You could just sigh and not send the message. (laughs) I think you could just sigh. We see them on the wall pushing the button, by the way. They have to push that button. I think GP wanted Max to know he was already tired of his shit. (laughs) GP was like, button. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. What the hell? So mad. We had a little spat as the 
some actually significantly quick people were getting knocked out. So Carlos Sainz just barely managed to squeak by and then was knocked out by Perez. Carlos Sainz blamed traffic for impeding his fast lap. Uh, I didn't see no traffic when they did the replays, so I don't really know what he was talking about, but that's all right. He was having a bad time. It's literally like me when I'm late. Oh, there's traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so eliminated in this session was Carlos Sainz, Kevin Magnuson, Valtteri Bottas, Joe Guanyu, and Logan Sargent, who never set a legal lap. Oh, that is so depressing. Um, were y'all like, did it make you sad when the commentators said, and there goes Carlos Sainz, the only non-Red Bull driver to win this season, eliminated in Q1. Oh, and I God. was like, damn. Brutal. Ouch. Honestly. No wonder GP is sighing. Like, it was so depressing. I don't know how they do it. If I was Carlos Sainz, I would have just gone home. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too. I'm out. Bye. Q2. Alonzo knocked out teammate Lance Stroll after Lance Stroll knocked out Alex Albon. Little uh, domino effect there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton slipped in a fast lap that was good enough for 10th place, and then he was knocked out by his teammate, George Russell. His teammate on teammate violence in Q2. And eliminated in Q2, we had Lewis Hamilton, Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, Alex Albon, and Daniel Ricciardo. Oh my goodness, Lewis Hamilton is becoming our Q2 boy. He is just not getting out of Q2 lately. Man. That is rough. It's so crazy. I mean, we'll get <laughs> mild spoiler alert. Uh, it is insane. The results that Mercedes were able to pull off this season with such inconsistent uh, qualifyings and race finishes. But we'll get to that a little later. And I mean, we will get to that a little later, but like Lewis Hamilton pulled off a couple of passes in this race where I was like, that's Lewis yeah. Hamilton. But yep. the pass was for 10. He <laughs> 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 was so depressing. Um, Q3, the McLarens were both quick, okay? Lando Norris wiggled on his final flying lap, which meant Oscar Piastri was able to get him at the line. Yeah, they were going after each other. Charles Leclerc struggled all session. This man was not having a good time, but he managed to switch on some performance and take second on the starting grid right there toward the end. Sergio Perez had his fifth place worthy lap deleted. Ouch. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Pierre Gasly also had a lap deleted. These dudes were just all over the lines and the track limits. And yeah, it was rough. Um, Max Verstappen. This was weird. Apparently won a 500 euro bet for Christian Horner against Helmut Marco. So Christian Horner and Helmut Marco made a bet. And Christian comes over the radio after Max gets pole and goes, Max, you just won me 500 euro from Helmut Marco. And Max was like, for what? And Christian said, yeah, Helmet bet that you wouldn't be on the front row. What? Helmet Marco why? hates money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, why? but also Christian Horner said to get any money out of Helmet Marco was like getting blood from a rock or something. Yeah, blood from a, blood stone. From a stone. Blood from a stone. Okay. And I was just like, okay, but why would he make a bet against Max being on the front row? Everyone else looks like toddlers out there. Why would you make that bet? It was a very perplexing decision. I don't don't know what's going on in there. They're literally apparently so bored that they just have to do inside bets (laughs) to keep things interesting. (laughs) 
I'm so I'm so perplexed by this. Uh, our top ten after Q3 were Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Oscar Piastri, George Russell, Lando Norris, Yuki Tsunoda, hey. Fernando Alonso, Nico Hulkenberg. Where did that dude come from? Sergio Perez and Pierre Gasly. Yeah, that's what that's what Helmet was worried about. He's like, I know those hot. I know Hulkenberg is going to be fast. Hulk Hulkenberg. Hulk Hulkenberg. Yeah. He's going to be in there. He's going to be on that front row, but. Hulkenberg only good enough for eighth, but still. Okay, what was Helmet thinking? Was Helmet thinking like a Ferrari lockout? Carlos was eliminated immediately. Like, I mean, they might have. What, what was he? What was he betting on? Like, was he betting on Max having to go to the bathroom and not doing Q three? Like, what? I just don't understand why you would make this bet. Someone needs to ask him. Like, please, next time someone interviews Helmet Marco, just why? Why do you do this? Keep that at the back of your mind, because I bet one of you will probably interview Helmet Marco within the next year or so. And you got to ask him I feel like if question. I interviewed Helmet, we would get into an argument. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't I don't know that it would go well. I would be like, why aren't you like playing Connect Four somewhere? Honestly, like, I feel like he'd respect that you bring the sass to him. I think he would be like secretly I, I think enjoying he would like a fight. Yeah, he would like a fight. Usually when I talk to people, they they end up enjoying it, even if they're terrified of me at first, they end up enjoying it because they're like, oh, well, at least you'll like, at least you'll like mess with me and argue with me. They like that. All right. It's time to talk about the race, the race itself. I watched it last night. I was uh, I forgot or maybe they changed the time that they start. But I was extremely off put by seeing the racetrack during the day. I was too. They must have started it earlier or something. It was a little bizarre. It was. Yeah, they, they did like the twilight race, which was an interesting decision where it started light, went into dark. Yes, which I think is pretty cool. But like after years of watching it purely at night and knowing Yas Marina as like a night circuit under the lights and seeing green grass and colors yeah. and my my poor pupils being blown out by the saturation of all that color and daylight. Uh, I was horrified that I had to wake up at 7 a.m. to watch (laughs) it. (laughs) It was crazy. It it is tough, though. Like, when you get to the very end of the season and you know what's going to happen and you're up at 7 o'clock in the morning and you're like, damn. Like, I set my alarm for 6.57. And I was like, all right, let's go, girls. Time to watch Max win. All right. One more. One (laughs) One more. more time. Let's see what this race has for us. I think it had some interesting stuff for us. Let's get into it. So the biggest battle left to win in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was Ferrari versus Mercedes for second place in the World Constructors Championship. This was the battle to keep your eye on. Heading into the race, Mercedes led Ferrari by four points. Uh, They had 392 to Ferrari's 388. And after the race, Mercedes still led, but by only three points, 409 to Ferrari's 406. Carlos Sainz was almost entirely out of contention for the entire race because of his poor qualifying result, which left Charles Leclerc as the only Ferrari driver to rack up those much-needed points. It seemed as if Leclerc could challenge Verstappen for the win when he challenged the Dutch driver for the lead multiple times on the first lap, but unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. We saw two awesome moves from Charles, late breaking in the corners, um, almost looked like he p- could pull it off, but uh, it was no avail. That first lap felt so long that I was like, "Oh, there! Charles is gonna have uh, he's gonna have that DRS on this next straight." And then I look up at the lap counter, and they hadn't even done one lap yet. 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. Charles is screwed. Okay. Also, like, I, I feel that because this is one of those races where I woke up at 6.57 and around lap, like, 35, it, you know, it's... Yeah, that was a long one. We're not... Yeah, around lap 35, like, I start, like, my eyes start drooping and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to rest my eyes for a couple seconds. Just going to rest my eyes. The and, like, flaw. two laps later, I'm up. I think I'm back. the problem with this track... Also, like Vegas last week, is that a lot of the turns look very similar to each other's. And there's, especially being at night, there's not a lot of recognizable landmarks on the side that let you subconsciously count how many laps there's been. Unlike some other, uh, like, purpose built legacy tracks where, oh, there's a Rouge. We've been there a bunch of times. Like, they all look pretty similar. Uh, so it makes it feel a little longer. Um, I, yeah, I feel like you get that a lot with like some of these newer tracks. So like yeah. even something like Coda for someone who hasn't been to Coda a bunch, all of the all of the track lining lines are red, white and blue. Right. In Abu Dhabi, it's all like that teal color. Yeah. It, it's just like there's no elevation. Those change. legacy tracks have like the big tree, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. or or the this or the whatever, you know, the 24 hours of Le Mans circuit has the KFC. Like, or like uh, Barber <laughs> Motorsport in Alabama has a big old spider. And you're like, yeah. why is that here? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So Charles Leclerc looked set to end the race in second place on the track, but he actually elected to let Perez buy to take the position at the end of the race. Perez had a five-second penalty for uh, a collision with Lando Norris. And on the last lap, Leclerc brewed up a little plan here. If he let Perez build up a big gap, then maybe that would allow Perez to still finish on the podium by knocking Russell out of contention, by building up a, enough of a lead on uh building up enough of a lead so Russell did not end up taking that podium spot, thus uh securing Ferrari's second place finish in the World Constructors Championship. I, they probably did a whole briefing on this before the race started because, like, if he thought of this during the race, racing around the track, that would have taken an insane amount of brain power. And uh, that's a George Russell scheme. They asked him after the race, and Charles said that it was something he came up with right there uh, on the track. But no it kidding. took, yeah, it took so long for Ferrari to make a decision on whether or not they thought he should do anything about this position switch that it ended up not even being worth doing it great yeah because i mean i think 
I think it could have worked. It was a really good idea. To it just, just needed to happen down. a lap earlier. Exactly. Slow down, let Checo by, let him build a lead off of you, back up George Russell, and then you get second back, Checo's in third, George is in fourth, points. Points and but, second place. Um, but it just didn't work like it that. It did not, Alanis. It was not meant to be. Perez ended up uh, and scored in fourth position. Uh, he did not build up enough of a time gap to Russell. He was only 3.8 seconds ahead of Russell, which gave George Russell the points he needed to keep Mercedes's World Constructors Championship lead. Second place. After all that, after this entire season of a, a, a really bad first half of the season, a consistent but not spectacular second half of the season, and they still scored second place. Pretty amazing. Russell was the shining star for Mercedes in this race. After Lewis Hamilton failed to qualify in the top 10, he had an equally challenging race after hitting Gasly on lap 15, gave him a little bonk uh, going around a sharp turn there. Uh, Use the word bonk. uh, Bonk. Audibly. It's a scientific term. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you could say that Lewis Hamilton just bonked down to like 10th to 15th the whole time this race. Like it was a very bonky race for him. So what happened is that Gasly locked up in front of him going into this turn. Hamilton ran into the rear and sustained wing damage and kind of just pivoted Pierre's car a little bit. I don't know if it caused too much damage on Pierre's car. Uh, Then Lewis Hamilton got caught up in a situation with one Fernando Alonso. Fernando braked extremely early for a corner on lap 38, which caused Ham to brake aggressively to avoid hitting him as well. Hamilton came on the radio kind of complaining that uh, or rightfully pointing out that Alonzo brake checked him, which I think is valid because like it was way before the, the braking zone. I don't know what he was trying to do there. Some old rivals up to their old tricks. Did y'all hear Fernando Alonso after the race? He was like, I have more experience than Lewis and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then Lewis is like, he brake tested me. And okay, here's a question for my fellow Americans. Does brake tested sound a lot weaker than brake check? Brake check is I like so much harsher. It's awesome. It's so much harsher. Like when Lewis is like, he's brake tested me. He's brake tested me. I'm like, he's what, dude? It he's makes doing it, what? It makes it sound like he's just gently pressing on the brakes. No, he's brake checking you. But Lewis. maybe that's a check. <laughs> Maybe that's just an American thing. Maybe if we say brake check, everyone in Europe will be like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I love the Lewis Fernando spats because Lewis is just like he was unfair to me. And then Fernando's like, I know all. It's so good. Um, (laughs) You shouldn't have done that little pit stop. trick at mclaren 15 million years ago years ago. Uh, yeah so what was that, what was going on here was that alonzo apparently was trying to force hamilton to overtake in that zone because then alonzo would have the drs heading into the next straight and be able to recapture the position hamilton dropped back in the standings and on the final lap tried to overtake sonoda for eighth place but uh he overcooked it he went into a little bit of a drift there, and Sonoda was able to take the position back. And uh, yeah, pretty tough day for Hamilton. A season to, you know, you gotta you gotta learn your lessons for Mercedes, uh, but they probably want to forget a lot from this season. But you know what? The hardest diamonds are made in the highest of pressure. That's what I say. That's how <laughs> science works. That's geology. No. I have nothing. I have no response to that. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of pressure amazing. and a perfectly cut Asher cut diamond comes out of the okay. rough. 
Okay, you don't even need there to cut we go. It. It's already shaped. Uh-huh. So that's what they're hoping for next season is a freaking 40 carat diamond. Lewis finished third in the driver's standings. That's not terrible. Well, that's because nobody else has any consistency. Okay, fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lewis knows how to be consistent, even if it's consistently, like, fighting the car. But, like, he knows how to be consistent, whereas, like, Charles Leclerc or someone else who you would think was, like, the guy, aside from Max, they were all terrible for, like, half the race. <laughs> We haven't talked about this, and I'm very curious. What are y'all's thoughts about the Lewis Red Bull drama? Like Red Bull, oh Bull's yeah, like, we didn't even mention Lewis that. Lewis is begging us. He's begging us to race for us, and Lewis is like, "I haven't spoken to Christian Horner in at least five years." Like, <laughs> what is going on? I w- what a weird like mind being honest? thing. No, I one. think Lewis is being honest. Probably Lewis. If I had to bet Christian Horner had a dream where Lewis was speaking to him and then Christian Horner just like strategically omitted that it happened in a dream. And Lewis is like, what the hell, dude? I haven't spoken to you in years. I think both are equally likely on it. I knew we know that Christian Horner loves stirring the shit, but we also know that Lewis Hamilton loves to win. But knowing how loyal he is to Mercedes, I mean, he's been with his team uh, in one form or another for his whole career, right? This is the same team he like grew up with, basically. He was a Mercedes karting driver. Yeah, now that I say it out loud, I think he I think I think Horner's stirring the shit. I actually would love to see Lewis Hamilton and Christian Horner working together in this capacity because it would not work well at all. It'd be the most painful thing in the world to watch. It would be so painful and people would be like, Lewis, do you support Christian Horner's um, behavior and antics? And Lewis would be like, no comment, no comment. That is a sneaky little man. I was going to say, all of the trash (laughs) that Christian Horner has talked about Lewis Hamilton specifically over the years, I feel like just on a moral plane of existence, I wouldn't be able to compartmentalize that go work for him. Also, like, I don't think Lewis Hamilton would want to be within 20 feet of helmet marco at say, any given point yeah. correct like he would have to like get a restraining order against that would be helmet the real marco. that would be the real relationship that would be shitty it would be february 11th and helmet marco would say something extremely offensive about <laughs> lewis hamilton yeah, yeah. season like, hasn't literally. even started yet we haven't even gotten to preseason testing and it's over and it's yeah, over. It's true. just That'd like Bernie 2.0. Anyway, Red Bull, again, we're going to keep talking about Red Bull. Um, we mentioned a little spat with Sergio Perez. So let's go ahead and check in with Checo. So Sergio Perez had a solid day. He was he was he was running steady in like I feel like the vibe of the day was sixth. Now, give or take, I did close my eyes a couple times to rest them. Um, but the vibe of the day for Checo, I feel like was sixth. And then lap 43, he pitted from second. So we're kind of like in this little pit stop mix up. He pits from second and he stri- he decides to start motoring by. Well, no, hold on. Lap 43, he pits from second. We're in the little pit stop mix-up time. And then he tries to start motoring by the competition to get back up to second, okay? Lap 47, he reaches Lando Norris, and they make contact in the turn six slash seven chicane. They're kind of together there. 
it, it was it was a racing incident. Okay, so Lando Norris claims that Sergio Perez, who was on the inside, crashed into him, and Sergio Perez says that Lando Norris turned into him. I loved getting those messages after, like after that happened, and seeing how they both interpreted this event. That was basically just like they both kind of screwed up. <laughs> okay, but also I'm very like I want to know y'all's take on this because to me it was so obvious that Checo just like missed the apex and went way too wide like that's what it was to me and like some of the commentators were like oh you know Lando turned down a little bit and then like some of the commentators were like nah Checo went really wide I thought Checo went really wide I'm on team Checo went wide I don't think he was doing it intentionally though and I think I think he just screwed up real bad Yes, but. definitely not intentionally, but if it's a racing incident, I say it's like 80-20 Checo. Yeah. It's a racing incident in the sense that like they both hated each other immediately afterward and complained on the radio, which is why I loved it. Correct. And I don't know, if I'm a racing driver, I guess Formula One is different because there are penalties, so you have to pretend you're in the right no matter what. But if I'm a racing driver where there aren't penalties for collisions, I'm just going to be like, I'm not saying anything until after I see the replay because I'm gonna look stupid you know but in formula one you had to play politics it's shut the f- up friday don't say anything yes. to the cops don't say anything to the stewards <laughs> but what's so okay but what's also so funny is that because in formula one you have to try to avoid a penalty for causing a collision Checo is like he turned into me and red bull's like yeah mate we saw it oh oh mate he just ran into you okay. and it's like okay okay i love the hype men like <laughs> you're right it's like going in the group chat complaining about your boyfriend all the girls are like you're right he's an asshole <laughs> okay so and it's like it was all you honestly watching mm-hmm. this back i just call it a racing incident but perez of course came away f- with that five second penalty and i think that's because i mean they're going into the turn lando is ahead and then as they initiate or they're into the turn then perez gets beside him and i guess like the stewards might have thought that he should have backed out a little bit because it was obvious that there wasn't enough space for both of them but I wouldn't say it's especially egregious, honestly. And that's coming from me, man. And and I agree. Here's the thing. Alonzo didn't get a penalty for her break checking Lewis. So what are we doing here, stewards? Okay. I do I do think most of the blame is on Checo for this. But I do not think it was penalty-worthy blame. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was a racing incident where Checo made a mistake. But this goes back to the officiating in Formula One and is it always necessary? I think there are some cases where you could argue that causing a collision penalties are necessary for the safety of the drivers because mm-hmm. these cars are they're, they're little rocket airplane thingies, you know? Yeah. It's not like it's not like NASCAR where you can just like ram each other and everybody's all right and then ha ha ha, we're gonna go get a beer afterward. Right. You know? Like there are situations in which you should officiate really rough driving because you don't want someone to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But if someone just touches wheels with someone and like they both keep going and everybody's fine, yeah. do we really need to assess blame? It's just a and, little like, bonk. It's just a little bonk. Like, I mean, like a big bonk? Okay, but a little bonk? There's <laughs> a little an bonk. An intentional bonk? And yes. Perez didn't even, like, get the place anyway, so I don't know. Exactly. If it's a little bonk, let him keep going. Come on, Formula One. Let, let's just let him move on. But lap 48, Sergio Perez 
passes Lando Norris, and then we soon learn that he gets his five-second little bonk penalty for avoidable contact. Unfortunately, a couple laps later, Sergio Perez takes advantage of Charles Leclerc slowing, but not enough advantage of it. So he did not get enough of a gap. And with that five-second penalty, he was scored in fourth place. I Like, I would say it, it was a fine finish to the day. I really think he probably shouldn't have gotten that penalty. It was it was a fine finish for a year where everybody spent a lot of time debating Checo all year. And I think these last couple of races, he's he's done well, you know? He definitely needs more consistency, though. I was going to say, I feel like because his teammate is Max Verstappen and we're comparing Checo against, like, the driver to beat right now, we can be kind of harsh on him. I was thinking about it and I was like, all of this conversations, all of these times I've been like, yeah, he should get fired. We should replace him. And I'm like, actually, I kind of changed my mind. That seems really mean. It seems like he did well enough, but he does need to get his act together if he wants to continue. I mean, his teammate is a person with um, deep daddy issues. And as someone with also deep daddy issues, perfectionism runs really deep. Mm -hmm. So here you are with a man in the same car who is the dude, the guy. This dude is a perfectionist because if he's not, daddy is going to be mad. Even his donut was perfect. Yeah, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to uh, be directly compared with. So are we too hard on Checo? Yes, we are. Because you don't get like Max Verstappen unless you got some issues. It w- I think, ironically... Stated as someone with some issues. I think he'll be better next season. Not like world championship status, but Sergio. I think like after witnessing firsthand how capable and dominant Max is going into next season, I think... You're just like, okay, I guess I really am just I'm I'm just Max Verstappen's teammate. And I think having that burden off your shoulders of like trying to be world champion and yeah, I honestly think he'll do yep. better next season if he's still uh on Red Bull. Yeah, I I feel like we started this season thinking, "Oh, oh, Checo's like Checo's going, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we'll have a challenge here." Yeah, he got and those race like, wins early in the year, so it was kind of like, "Oh, maybe something could happen here." Yeah, we're going to see some yeah, no, no, we did not. We didn't see, see nothing. <laughs> no, sadly. Speaking of mostly fine drivers, we had a pretty spicy multi-driver battle for fourth place in the World Drivers Championship. It was finally resolved. It all shook out in Fernando Alonso's favor. So before we got into the race, Carlos Sainz was leading the charge for fourth place with 200 points, followed by Alonso equal at 200, followed by Lando Norris with 195, and Charles Leclerc with 188. All of those- That is so rough. I know. Poor Chuck. That is so rough, Elizabeth. Oh, poor Chuck. Poor Chuck back there, rotten in seventh place. (laughs) So let's see how this all shook out. Carlos Sainz, he was up there leading. He had a miserable race. Started 16th. And then he failed to complete the final lap due to car issues, so he was classified as a finisher but didn't finish the race. It was brutal. He was a non-factor for the entire event, and he had the biggest drop going from fourth to seventh in the World Drivers' Championship because he scored no points. Imagine being Carlos Sainz right now. 
It was actually so sad when with one lap to go, they were like, buddy, bring it in. Just let them just let him figure just it out. Just let him the do the last yeah, lap. Like, that was so bad for morale. Just uh-huh. let him do the last lap. It was tough. And Lando Norris, he fared a little bit better thanks to his fifth place finish in the Grand Prix. Uh, he had a really good starting position, but he struggled after a very slow pit stop, which caused him to lose positions and have to fight to get back into a decent contention. Then he had that contact with Sergio Perez, where he subsequently lost a place. So he got a 10 points for his finish, which moved him to sixth place in the World Drivers' Championship. Not great, but all right. Not bad. Then we had poor Charles Leclerc. He had one of his better performances of the season in Abu Dhabi. So he jumped two positions in the WDC, finishing fifth overall. Basically, he would have needed a perfect race to finish any higher up. Um, But man, like, it's brutal to think about how we looked at him as maybe a championship contender or like at least able to battle for wins. And here he is at fifth in the championship. Oh, insane. Not good. Yeah. And then we had... Good old Fernando Alonso finishing seventh in the race after he somehow managed to escape a penalty for that weird DRS baity break maneuver on Lewis Hamilton. Uh, that was a real comfortable finish and saw his him emerge as the leader of the four-way battle after this race. It was honestly, the midfield this year was so much fun and also mm-hmm. so... See, I was thinking about this after the race, and I was like, man, I thought I had so many high hopes for these people. Like, Carlos, Fernando, Lando, and Charles. I was like, man, any of these guys could win the race. Like, a couple months ago, I was so confident that, like, maybe they'd have a shot. Yeah. And now, here they are, duking it out for a fourth-place finish in the championship, which means someone's got to finish seventh, which is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that Fernando has just like this extreme goblin energy about him. Like <laughs> he's just this little old man who came back to Formula One after quitting Formula One and he's back and he's acting like a total goblin. He's just fighting with everybody. He's going to break check Lewis Hamilton and just like goblin his way to seventh. And then he still he beats everybody for fourth. Like he's a goblin. Goblin his way to seventh. <laughs> Is he not a goblin? He is a little goblin, honestly. If you were to, okay, on think, the gremlin to goblin scale, Fernando Alonso He's like is a, a warlock. I think he's like a wizard. No, he's like he's a, a mystic, you know? He's no. like, he's in his little cave with his, pondering his orb. And then he's been, he got called back to, to racing. The orb tell, told him to go racing. No, wizards give you advice to help you in life. Goblins say I break checked you because I know better. No, he's like Saruman. He's not a. He's not. He's not uh, Gandalf. So he's he's not a Saruman. Yeah, he's just like I'm out here in my big tower so- pondering my orb. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Committing I think, crimes. I think that's too. I think that's too complimentary of his goblin nature. Yeah, it probably is. I like. Yeah, yeah he, he's the best. He's. He, I mean, <laughs> I love Fernando. I'm glad he's Fernando. still sticking it out. He's yeah, such man. a mess, though. <laughs> he really is. Aren't we all? Aren't we all, though? Well, I mean, it's, okay, it just um, says something that, like, this guy comes back to the sport and, you know, he's the oldest driver on the grid, comes back to the sport and within a season becomes one of 
the fit like a favorite among f1 fans you know people who had never you know we got drive to survive fans loving this dude it's great it just speaks to his character and his ability you know i love him cross-generational appeal yeah here's a self-reflection question on the gremlin to goblin scale where are you i think we're all gremlins but (laughs) i'm firmly in little gremlin territory i'm a gremlin i'm not a goblin nolan what are you i'm a hobgoblin for sure yeah Ooh. yeah interesting interesting okay 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 fernando's a goblin nolan's a goblin me and elizabeth are gremlins because goblins oh yeah oh uh yeah a hobgoblin is a household no like, it's a, I don't know. a house a household spirit appearing in english folklore once considered helpful but yeah. has since become considered mischievous uh, oh i'm just looking at pictures of gremlins and i'm like yeah i think mm-hmm, that I'm a, I'm a bit of a homebody especially on weekends i consider myself helpful but i think i'm mostly annoying so that's i think that's a pretty good um description for me okay i'm on hundred percent a gremlin i'm on the gremlin (laughs) wikipedia page and i don't know if i've ever told you all this before but when i was like eight years old i only had dial-up internet so i would print off my favorite wikipedia articles about mythical creatures and and study them and share them with my friends i love that oh i love that's incredible yeah Ah, i was a freaking master i love those dragonology books too Oh, that's so good. Oh, oh, oh. Do you guys remember those? I bought bought 10 dragon figurines last night. No, I go. I saw your post. What? (laughs) Do you want want to see all of them? (laughs) What? Uh, I went to the the dragon store in San Diego and I bought 10 dragon figurines. And I bought so many that they started giving me discounts on them. They were like, okay, this one is $27. We're going to give it to you for... We're gonna give it to you for eighteen, and they're like, "All right, this one is seventeen dollars. You get it for eleven Does because there, I bought there, so there's many." There's just a dragon store in San Diego. Yeah, well, okay, it's not just a dragon store. It's like an everything store, but it has a lot of dragons. Okay. And they were like, okay. "The owner of the store is gonna come in tomorrow and be like, where did all the dragons go? Because I bought like half of the dragons in the store.'" That's wow, wow. I feel like you could also buy a bong there, but they tell you not to call it a bong. That's called a water pipe, and it's for t- oh, they tobacco have a whole, use no, only. They have, yeah, they have a whole wall of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole wall of them. But yeah. I bought all of the dragons in the dragon store. And I just call it the dragon store. And the thing is, everyone in this store, I don't know if they're like currently stoned <laughs> oh, or if that's sure. just their behavior. No, they're hot. But I love these people because every time I go in, like last night I went in, I was like, I want all of your dragons. <laughs> and the person at the counter was like, Do you know I'm a dragon? And I was like, That's amazing. <laughs> Good for you. Wow. I'm obsessed. Okay. And then we had a whole conversation all night about how the person at the counter was a dragon, and then they just gave me a lot of money off of my dragons. Wow. Because we're dragons. Well, speaking it of... It was incredible. Speaking of a big bag of dragons that Alanis <laughs> walked away with, uh, it's time for our Grand Prix grab bag. <laughs> so, Max Verstappen, he was the first driver to lead a thousand laps in a season, Uh He scored 575 out of a possible 620 points. He won 19 races out of the 22 races this season. It's the highest percentage of wins this season. Most wins from pole. He had the longest streak of converting poles to wins. He had the most sprint wins in a season and the most podiums in a season. 
Formula One is so funny because they're like, Max Verstappen is the first driver to lead a thousand laps in a season. And if you go to NASCAR, someone could lead a thousand laps over three races. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. Like, but so It is funny. not an impressive number in that sense, but also... Max Verstappen, he led the same number of laps that Ayrton Senna and uh, Alan Prost led combined when they were in the McLaren MP4s. That's insane, man. That is horrific. Yeah. Uh, Another grab bag moment during the race, it was Crofty, said, there's no Verstappen, Max Verstappen. And I audibly, audibly groaned hearing that. (laughs) Because, I mean, like, that's like a, that, that joke is like, like what seven years old it's at this so point? yeah it's a, come on man it's so i was gonna old. say if i search that on my twitter account i bet i can find that from one of his first dnfs yeah for- <laughs> literally yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's just an old joke like it was great at first but just, again uh, it was terrible anyway uh yuki shinoda finished really well in this last race in eighth defending against hamilton he also led the race uh during the first pit cycle uh just staying out in those old tires but still technically in first place he was racing with a helmet commemorating Franz Toss, who is retiring as Alpha Tower's team principal. We didn't even talk about, they're changing their name to Racing Bulls. Are they actually doing it? I heard that maybe they weren't. Hugo oh. Boss Bulls Racing. <laughs> well, I heard, okay, so what I, as I saw somewhere, it's not just Racing Bulls. They're looking for like another title sponsor to put in front of that. Yes. So yeah. it'll be like... The example I saw was Adidas, Adidas Racing Bulls, which makes a lot more sense than just Racing Bulls by itself. I hate it Racing so much. Racing Bulls is so bad. It's not Honestly, great. just go it's back so to Toro Rosso. It was cute. Toro Rosso was a good name. And it was a great back, name. Bring back those airbrushed bulls on the car. That was sick For as hell. Real. Those were Toro so Rosso cool. Toro Rosso was a good name. Why? How did we go well, from Well, they're not Toro in Italy Rosso. anymore. They're in uh, Milton Keynes, I think. They moved the factory. Well, I, I personally, I Everything don't care. Everything is American to me. Okay, <laughs> Toro Rosso is American to me. All right, all they right. still have it's all Ferrari engines, so they're still Italian. I don't understand how we went from that to racing bulls. Look, they'll probably run with it for like one or two seasons, and then it'll be we'll on to a better name after this. Uh, we got, and some- then we're gonna. We're going to get like some title sponsor that's like Ralph Lauren Racing Bulls. And you're like, God, Ooh, I hope Lauren. it's Adidas personally, because I can't wait to hear how British people pronounce Adidas because they say Adidas. Adidas. And I cannot. I actually think that'd be really funny. I Adidas probably Racing annoyed. Bulls. That sounds worse than Adidas Racing Bulls oh, for yeah. sure. I'd probably get sick so of it after Adidas. about one race, but funny for there the There goes tiny. the Adidas. Um <laughs> but if it is adidas then we get a possible corn jonathan davis collab oh Oh my god all right i'm here for it i'm signed up (laughs) rich energy racing bulls (laughs) Ooh. so more grab bag we had some post-race penalties for visors all 10 teams were summoned to the stewards after the race for a pit lane violation quote-unquote uh, the FIA sporting regulation 3413 states that all team personnel in the pit lane must wear, quote, appropriate eye protection, which is very vague. The stewards basically said they can't impose any punishments, but they did all but they did tell all the teams to make sure the mechanics had their helmet visors down or other glasses on during pit stops. I mean, dude, you don't want to risk your eyes catching on fire. 
Mm-hmm. Smart. Honestly. Gotta wear those visors, guys. Come on. Uh, and finally, Williams versus Alpha Tauri for seventh place in the World Constructors Championship. Alpha Tauri had a truly miserable race with the exception of Yuki Tsunoda. So even though neither Williams finished in the points, Yuki's four points weren't enough to overtake the eight-point deficit to Williams. And that's Williams' best World Constructors Championship finish since 2017 when the team took fifth place. So. It's been a long, hard, like, just a slog for Williams. Those poor boys. Vegas was so exciting, though. I was in the grandstands, and when they made it to Q3, I was like, Logan! Logan! I was the only one. Like, (laughs) I bet no one knew who Logan was. Like, who's Logan? There's a guy named Logan in Formula One? Like, I Logan. I feel like Logan. I feel like that name should be illegal in Formula One. I don't know why. It just doesn't. It's like... Totally agree. I don't know. It's like Trent. There should be a driver named Trent. A disappointing Logan stat for... Uh, the grab bag here. Uh, he has less points than Liam Lawson. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Logan has one point. There. Ended the season with one point. Liam Lawson, two points. So. Oh. oh. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ignore that you said that. I'm going to ignore that you said that. <laughs> To sum it all up, our podium for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and George Russell. Then we had Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, Oscar Piastri, and Fernando Alonso. And with the final points, we had Yuki Tsunoda, Lewis Hamilton, and Lance Stroll. The fastest lap went to, wait for it, wait for it, who was it, who was it? Max Verstappen. The driver of the day was Yuki Tsunoda, and we had a last lap retirement from Carlos Sides because Ferrari was like, screw it, buddy. Whatever. Come on in. Yeesh. It's over. <laughs> <That's> poor dude. <laughs> I could, I saw him going into the pits, and I was like, please just be a timing and scoring error. Let him just finish. No, let him just I mean come on it doesn't matter if like it doesn't matter if the wheel fell off like it's one more lap like just let him finish the race it's time for boyfriend of the week our final boyfriend of the week during the regular season here you know how it is you know what it is we acknowledge who's the best this week uh it can be anybody it could be a driver a car someone online or in my case a wall Oh, my boyfriend oh, okay. of the week is the wall in the pit lane exit that said, oh, quote, no, I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> I knew it. No ordinary season, said the sign in the pit lane exit tunnel, <laughs> That's so to w- which made like, me what? laugh every time I saw it, because Same, I too. thought it was a pretty uh, it was an extraordinary season for Max, but pretty ordinary for everybody else. <laughs> And I just, I was just thinking like, who, who signed off on this? Why this phrase in particular? It's the last race of the season. We know what the deal is. Everybody's been watching. Why did we see no ordinary season? Okay. My first thought when I saw this was 2021. Yes. Yes. Like that would be like, you would have some iconic photos from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the only iconic photo op you have from this is Max driving past it to lead his like thousand lap while maybe that's why they did it. But man, (laughs) it's like when you see bill like marketing on billboards when you're driving to work and you're just like, well, that's the like local local businesses being like 
number one burgers in the Coachella Valley. And you're like, there's no way to verify that. Nobody knows that. <laughs> or world famous burgers at any burger joint. You're like, no, you're not. Why are they world famous? famous? Is it just because someone in England knows what your burger is? Yeah, because you saw, yes. yeah, someone with an accent bought your food one time. Like, that's <laughs> not, that doesn't count. Um, no, so I thought that was really funny. I had a runner up, uh, my runner up honorable mention uh, is, you know what? I'll see if Liz chose this. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my I, my boyfriend of the week is Charles Leclerc, oh, actually. No. I, I knew you were going to pick Charlotte Claire, actually. I had a vibe. I had a feeling. Yeah. Why? But only because at the end of that race, he came on the radio and said, can I do some donuts, please? And his team was like, <laughs> no, go back to the pit lane. Aww. So sad. There's like a whole bunch of audio of him trying to like negotiate that Perez pass as well, where the team just doesn't do anything like, or say. Yeah. yeah, they just like ignore that he has pitched something. And keep giving him information that he's not asking for. And I was like, this is so like, just say you hate him and go. At least let me get rid of the last bit of hope I have that he might be happy. He needed some love. Jeez. I picked him. Alanis. He did need some love. Um, well, Nolan, what was your what was your I want to make sure that I don't steal it from you. So you go ahead. first. Okay. Yeah, because I have. I, when I saw this guy, I was like, oh, that's my dude. Oh, no, Until this I is saw not going to be it. Okay. Yeah, this is not going to be it. Okay. It's not going to be the same. Um, my boyfriend of the week. Boyfriend of the week. Boyfriend of the week. My boyfriend of the week is the fact that I do not have to hear George Russell on the radio for another three months. Oh, only okay. All right. Only ninety some days until the start of twenty four. Oh, only like ninety some days because. <laughs> I'm sure y'all saw this, but during the race, George was asking about the constructor championship standings, <clears throat> and Mercedes said something, and George goes, "What the f does that mean?" Uh, yeah, and it was like a pretty like tame thing. <laughs> and then Mercedes, Mercedes is like, oh, "We're not dealing with this." So they they come back on the radio and they go, "All that we can do is the best that we can do." <laughs> George was pissed. I hate that so much. If someone told me that while I'm like trying to figure out my future, I think I'd freaking scream. <laughs> Listen, this was the only George Russell radio, like gremlin-y little radio message. This was the only one that actually I was fine with because Mercedes was literally give him, giving him like bridge troll poems. And I thought it was fine that he said, what the f does that mean? But also, I, I, I'm very happy that George has three months of just not talking on the radio. I'm chilling, yeah. No one interview him. No one speak to him. Let him figure himself Isolate out. Isolate him for a while. Put him in the Monaco prison. Do what you need to do. <laughs> like, just, just let him talk to himself for a while. Nolan, who was your runner-up? So Come my on. mystery honorable mention, Boyfriend of the Week, is a McLaren driver. But not in Formula One. Pato Award Ooh, in the pits. Boy. Uh it was so funny. They had the camera on him and then he turns and like I think was caught off guard at first. He's just like he like looks at the camera, and he's like, Wait, what? That's a is that a cam oh I gotta look handsome real quick? And then there's like a Bruce Campbell like, Hey, how you doing? Uh <laughs> that was so weird. It was really funny and um 
I love that for him. It was great. Shout out, actually, shout out to Pato. Actually, he is P2 today in the postseason test that they've got on Tuesday after the season. He was only second to Esteban Ocon, who I believe was doing some tire testing. So Pato was the best of the young drivers in the test today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We'll be back next week to wrap up the season. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all your friends to tune in to the Donut Racing Show. And if you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, that always helps us out. We also have an email address, donutracingshow at donutmedia.com, so please get in touch. Here's one we got recently. Hey, y'all. Appreciate all the things you guys do. The podcast is the reason I've gotten into Formula One in the first place. I've been binge listening to all the episodes while driving around for work, definitely keeping me entertained in awful LA traffic every day. I've also noticed you all have a great music taste, so I'm recommending you guys a band called the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. They are a crazy psychedelic rock band from Australia, and I think you will dig it. Once again, thank you guys for everything you do. Best regards, Josh Scuderi. P.S. Check out Public Shadows. That's Josh's band, and he would greatly appreciate it. Josh, we will check out Public Shadows. I'm obsessed with the name Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. That is a winner. I will check out both. I think that's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. We appreciate listening. And before we go, we have to tell you after this week, there will be just one more episode of DRS. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We are retiring the show at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll have more... Uh, details next week, I guess, for you. Uh, A proper farewell, but just wanted to give you a heads up. And that is because we will have some projects to announce in the next few weeks. But I wanted to let you guys know that in 2024, me, Elizabeth Blackstock, I have my own podcast called Deadly Passions, Terrible Joys. I'm going to be talking about motorsports, rich history of scandals, dramas, and intrigue. I have a little preview for you guys, and we will play it at the end of the episode. Great title by the way holy shit i saw that on your instagram this morning i was like god damn thanks i I stole it from enzo ferrari (laughs) still (laughs) still. there you go he that is a great person to steal from um i am also in the planning stages of my own little interview podcast where we're still sketching everything up and pitching sponsors and stuff but i think it's going to be called 36 questions and basically what we're going to do is we're going to take the psychological 36 questions to fall in love and we're going to ask famous people like (laughs) racing drivers those questions and the idea is that by the end of the show whether you liked that person or didn't like that person or didn't know that person at the beginning of the show you will like them better by the end of it because we will talk about things that you've never heard them talk about and i think It'll be super cool, and I really want to do this. Um, So we're sketching stuff up right now, and we're pitching sponsors. And Elizabeth and I, we're going to sketch up a little podcast, I think, called ABS. And we're going to talk about all kinds of motorsports. We're going to talk about NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar, all of that in a similar way. All right. We will link the landing pages for all of these various projects in the episode description so if you want to check those out they will be right there for you yeah it would be super helpful if you want to go subscribe to those and do whatever you can do to support them we're obviously pitching sponsors and trying to finalize things so whatever y'all would like to do would be super helpful in getting these things off the ground
So next week, we are going to have like this little wrap up episode where we reflect on everything and we read a bunch of the wonderful fan mail we get because we get all of these nice things in our email and y'all are the best and we love you so much. And we just want to reflect on all of this and all the things y'all have said to us. So please come next week. We'll talk more about these future projects. We will talk more about the show itself. We are so sad to be leaving y'all on this particular platform, but we will see you elsewhere. Yeah. Guys, your homework as you're listening to this is to follow Alanis King and Elizabeth Blackstock on their social medias. You can find Alanis at Alanis and King on Twitter and Instagram. She also has a YouTube channel called Alan is King, and she's also on Cars and Bids. She's an excellent. <laughs> she's excellent. On cars Thank and bids, you, she's really coming to her own on that. Follow that shit. I also went to Vegas the other day and I made a video about that on my channel. So if you want to see what Vegas was like, you can go watch that video. Follow Liz at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. Liz is a phenomenal writer and works really hard. This woman does not take vacations. She works herself to the bone. Okay, she wrote this episode. She's written a lot of episodes of DRS. So you follow Liz, follow Alanis, follow me if you'd like, at Nolan J. Sykes on whatever <laughs> platform, and uh, check out Donut. We have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history show called Past Gas. Check it all out, and we will see you next week as we reflect on the season. If you want to hit me up anywhere, send me an email because I cannot figure out Instagram DMs and they are very stressful. Send me an email. There's a little button on my Instagram. Bye! Get ready to dive into the adrenaline-fueled world of motorsport like never before. Introducing Deadly Passion's Terrible Joys, the podcast that takes you on a thrilling ride through the historic scandals and intrigues that shape the high-speed universe of racing. Join me, Elizabeth Blackstock, as I uncover the hidden stories behind the most exhilarating moments in motorsport. From intense rivalries to jaw-dropping controversies, each episode is a deep dive into the heart-pounding drama that defines the sport. We're talking kidnappings, race-fixing scandals, secret love affairs, and political canoodling. The show's meticulously researched narratives bring to light the untold tales, revealing the risks, triumphs, and shocking secrets that forever change the course of racing. I'll take you behind the scenes with exclusive insights from the archival depths, shedding light on scandals that have captivated audiences for generations. Don't miss out on the gripping stories that shaped motorsport. Coming 2024, Deadly Passion's Terrible Joys will be available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now on Patreon. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.